All right, who said it? We we stumbled last week. Um, well, it was Paul's fault. It was Paul's, Paul's fault. fault. That's what Blame went wrong Paul. last week. I remember go. there was something gimmicky about it. That's right. Paul screwed it up. Paul Gallant screwed it up. All right, so we've been... Uh, and I didn't even beat you last week. Mac put it together. So it was like if you just throw that one out. Throw that, that one out. That doesn't like belong on the record. So we've beaten you how many times in a row? Four? Wow. Five? Have you won it all this summer? Uh, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Joe George is oh for the summer. Okay, let's get to it. All right, first one here. Context, uh, the first person they're talking about is Drea DeMatteo from Sopranos. Oh, okay. So, here's the quote. <clears throat> She's still throwing high heat. I was more of a fan of Tony's crazy girlfriend who, spoiler alert, dies. Um, Sounds like a great... Oh, because she joined OnlyFans. That's why. Uh, you said high more... heat? Yeah. Who uses high heat? Yeah, it would be Creighton. It would yeah. be Creighton or Paul. You don't think it's in either of the bench guys? But I, the spoiler alert part makes me think it's Paul. Paul's very liberal with his spoilers. He is. Super he liberal with yeah, spoilers. Yeah, you're right, but he's always talking about it, too. It might be my least favorite thing about Paul is his liberal usage of spoilers. I feel like you should never spoil something for anybody. I feel like when you're spoiling things, you're being selfish, quite honestly. Yeah, but this person I'll die on that statute limitations. Like, how long yeah. can you... It's a good question. Yeah. Probably I mean, for Sopranos, it's probably up. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy ex-girlfriend died, like... 20 years ago at this point. Yeah, some of us haven't watched Sopranos from start to finish. Uh, repeat it for us. It'll be me. She's still throwing high heat. I was more of a fan of Tony's crazy girlfriend who, spoiler alert, dies. I think the PC. high heat's PC. I think it's like, PC. I, I, would, I would think it's uh, Paul until the high heat part. Yeah. Like, that's the high kind heat of got a, me right away as PC. Who's still throwing? I don't see Paul talking about a female saying she's good looking and yeah, she throws I high heat. Yeah. I think it's... It, no, it couldn't be any of the bench. That's what I said. That the only other alternative that I threw at you was, could you see one of the guys on the bench Not saying really. this? Because otherwise, to me, it just reeks of Patrick. Maybe Creighton. Lance, but I, I think it's PC. Want to ride with that? Yeah. All right, Patrick Creighton. Oh, he got Still it wrong. High heat. I was, was more Paul. a fan of Tony's crazy wow. girlfriend. Who? Spoiler alert. I should have known. I should have stuck to the spoiler alert part because he's I really felt like super. Oh, alert. I'm not using any of the fill-in hosts. Okay. None of the uh, who. But all full-time employees <laughs> are on the table. That stinks. Besides BMAC. The spoiler alert, I was kind of feeling some kind of way about that. That's why I liked that one, because I actually... I Paul, can't believe Paul used the word high heat, though. I can't either. saying high heat. That surprises me. All right, number two. Fire, a dime. Good range from Paul. Yeah. I've drank a lot of Mountain Dew in my day. I've had a ton of Mountain Dew, obviously. Well, I know who drinks Mountain Dew like it's going out of style, but you the see? problem is you're baiting us. He might I, be. Could he be baiting us? Because Creighton is a Dew guy. Yeah, I don't think John's really a Coke drinker. He's a Coors Light drinker. Right, he's the Blue Mountain guy. I could see Lance doing it. Lance Paul, is, not really. Beer? Lance is a, Lance is a Starbucks guy. I forgot guy. Beard's on the table here. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot the Beard's on the table here. That's right. Cody Tight is... Cody Tight? Instead of Cody Light, he's Cody Tight. He's a little stronger and more buffed up in that size range. Maybe, like, is their, their physical appearance, and that's about it. Well, I think, I, I, yeah, obviously he has more ability. But, I, I mean, I was just talking about just the appearance. Hmm, you're shaming. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not backing off of that one. I mean, oh, I don't know, I'm just saying you're shaming. I mean, you know, he, he self-proclaimed himself a big boy. Who did? Uh, Cody. Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh. Um, say it again? I drank a lot of Mountain Dew in my day. I've had a ton of Mountain Dew, 
Obviously. I guarantee. I just feel like he's baiting us. So if he's I baiting us. I feel like he knows that we know that Creighton drinks do. I don't. I feel like he's got us on our heels here. I don't like this. This is the first time I feel like I've been on my heels and who said it for I think it's beard. Since May. I could see that. I, okay. You got the last one wrong when I was feeling Paul. Oh, okay, I got <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, no, no. Don't worry about what I've on the heater I've been on for the last month. But let's go. We have been on. There's no I in team. Uh, um, all right, let's go with let's go with. Uh, you said who? Beard. Beard. Let's go with. Uh, I've let's go beard. Drank a Good lot boy. of Mountain. Good job in my day. Oh, now I, I get the credit. But if it would have failed, it was all on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it's just to be funny. Yeah. Come on, don't be sensitive. All right, one for two. One for two. Let's go to quote number three. He's better as an NPC. Uncle Cal is a non-playable character in this game. Dude, not many people know NPC acronym. Like, I didn't know what an NPC I, was. I, I had no idea what an NPC was. I didn't was. Did you? No. I had no idea what an NPC was. You can use multiple people more than once. Oh, yeah. Because you know he likes to get that way. The yeah, only definitely. person that I think that would know what an NPC is is Beard. Because Beard's a huge gamer. But is he baiting me to think that? Like, I'm kind of on my heels. Like, Granado, there's no way Granado knows. It's not Granado, it's not Pat. Lance, maybe, because he has kids. kids. Lance can get a little little current and hip with that stuff. Because I think he plays video games with his kids. No way Paul's playing video games. Paul plays like Tinder. Um, There's no way that, I don't think PC is going to know what an NPC is. I, I don't think it's Pat. I don't think it, I don't think it's John. I, I, the it, only it could, chance is Lance. It could be Lance or Beard. And if you say Beard's a gamer, he's a major gamer, major gamer. Would he go two? Would he go double barrel Beard? Uh, back to back? Yeah, he's trying to promote the new show, and he's also Bush League. <laughs> yeah, and he's trying to like kind of he's he's been in a slump, so he's trying to everything. And now Can he's he re- acting like he's on his phone, so he's trying to <laughs> downplay that we're actually downplaying him. His phone's off. Uh, <laughs> can you read the quote again? He's better as an NPC. Uncle Cal is a non-playable character in this game. Would would Lance call Cal Uncle Cal? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's Beard. Let's go. Let's go, Josh Beard. No, he's better as an NPC. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Cal is a non-playable character it was in this Lance. game. Lance. Yeah, and I'm not going to crap on you. For, it took you a really long time, Jeremy, to realize that was Lance talking. It was, well, he sounded off. Muffled. Yeah, it, it sound, didn't sound he, good. That was probably when he was at the casino. Yeah, that, he didn't sound good. I agree with that. No, it did take me a while to know that was Lance because he didn't sound. I was wondering who it was. I knew it wasn't Beard, but I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. I All bet right. you weren't using the fill in. Sure. Yeah, let's move on. Number four. It's very short. Uh, so if it's too short, complain, whatever. <laughs> if you had a car phone, you were rich. Oh, my God. I, I mean, what a horrible pick on, on who said it, Joe. Were you desperate? Maybe. Jeez. That's pretty bad there, Joe. That's awful. It's not good. I mean, who's old enough to know that when you, if you had a car phone, really, you were rich? Really melted down in. the path. I think this Granado? is PC. I think it's PC. Because PC likes to put uh, his opinions in other people's wallets. Does he? Yes. Yes. What do you mean? He was telling me to take you to the Brazilian steakhouse whenever I owed you a lunch. Like PC's trying to get me to spend $80 on blankers over a little lunch bed. Oh, and then when I told I him to, when that. I told him to keep your opinions out of my wallet, he's like, "Well, you're big bucks." I'm like, "Come on, PC, it's Bush League, BC." Okay. So I think I think that um, I think it's PC. Yeah, it was either to me, it's either PC or Granado, and and so I'll give you the redemption tour. What, you think Granado was rich as a kid though? Like I don't think Granado. No, but he knows that car phones. A lot of people don't remember, like you know, the whole where he had like the holster for it in the car, yeah. the car phone, those old school ones. But I'll I'll roll with you on PC. All right, let's go, Patrick Creighton. If, if you had <laughs> a car phone, I knew it. See, even you though it was so rich. short, 
your father. It was a horrible. It, regardless, just, it was a horrible quote. I know tendencies. Not on PC on you to pick such a short, generic quote. We did get it right, though. <laughs> exactly. So I guess we can stop griping if we got it right. Yeah. All right. Better to bitch when you win. <laughs> I don't, don't know. Don't bitch and lose because then you're a whiner. But it, yeah, but if you're doing it when you win, like now you're just a constant whiner. Yeah, it's tough. They just don't ask me. Joe, I will say, let me be your last resort. That's it? Yep. That's it? There's talking usually about, like a back and forth there. Wait, what? This is talking about uh, doing what? the fill-in shows with Beard. This is talking they about... Just don't, they just don't ask me. Joe, I will say, let me be your last resort. So this can't be PC, because oh, we're using... We're not no, using PC does not qualify for this. They just don't ask me, let me be your last resort? It's two two people. I feel like, but that be, wasn't. I feel like there should have been at least two lines for each yeah, person. This is a very weird. Your acting sucks anyway, but this is a very weird. Like hard to figure out the interaction. So the context is they're talking about yeah beard the beard fillings, and person A says they just don't ask me, and then person B says Joe, I will I will say let me be your last resort. So they don't want to be asked. Can Andrew be an option here? Yes. Mm. Everyone's on the table. Wouldn't he want to be? But couldn't it be Beard and Andrew? Say it again. This is Josh. They just don't ask me. Joe, I will say let me be your last resort. Why does he say Joe? Because that's what the person says. Because Joe gets the people Because the person was like talking to me on a different show. Like I wasn't there. But they know Joe's normally responsible for getting the fill-in. And I'm listening. Yeah. So he said, Joe, let me be your last resort? Yes. I mean, I don't, doesn't that have to be Josh and Andrew? I think it's, man, either that or the bench. Or Paul and Mapes. I could see the bench because neither one of them wants to fill in for anything. Yeah, but they're not even going to bring that up because they know no one's going to ask them to do that. Let's be realistic. So I got to hear this again. The, it, yeah. It's either Paul or it's either Beard. They just don't ask me. Joe, I will say, let me be your last resort. That could have been Mapes. Paul did fill in. Right, yeah. but they did they ask him to fill in, or did they just tell him that you're filling in? So it could be Paul saying, they don't ask me, and then Sean saying, Joe, let me be your last resort. I think that Sean's more likely to say that than Mapes, and I don't think he would use Josh and then also give us the context that it was Josh. I think it's Gallant and uh, Mapes. Okay, I, I mean, look, I, I'll let, if you feel that strongly about it, I'll, I'll roll with it. Yeah, let's go with that. I, let me be. It was Dale. You said you didn't. They just don't ask me, Joe. I will say, I, let me be your last resort. Do we know that Dale's on the table I for said a two, a per, table. for a producer on a two man yeah, show? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's right. <laughs> Lance wasn't there. It was they showed up. Uh, that's uh, brutal. I, I had it right though. I said it sounded like the bench. It was John. You didn't even get the John uh, part right. You could have got John. And Lance. I don't know if you could have used Dale there. Why not? Because you've never used a producer on a three on a two man show. It's fact. It's an absolute fact, and you know he got you because you just got the that face. You, like, what am I supposed in, to do? In, in, as a matter of fact, you Stop said. Stop cheating. As the a matter of fact, quit. In, in the past, check the tape. In the past, you've said the only time that I'm going to use a producer is on a one-man show. I you've said, said today, that. everyone full-time no, is on the table. That was very, like, that was shady. Because, like, Joe. everybody's no. on the table means, like, every no. show's on the table, not every producer. No, you didn't say every, every producer was on the table. That's weak sauce, Joe. I know you That's not even not just Bush That's. A pill. Yeah, we're going to the league That's office. That's Frank. That's a pill. That's what Spencer thinks. You think Frank's going to side with you? Yeah, I do. You think Spencer's going to side you know with you? You know how much he's been pumping, you up, uh, pumping no, Frank Spencer up for not. that song? 
Of course, Frank's going to side with him. Frank might. Spencer, there's no way. Yeah, Fra- yeah who's Frank. our arbiter? If it's if it's Frank, we got a shot. If it's Spencer, you win. <laughs> I don't know who our arbiter is. Yeah, it's Mr. Gal up too. Maybe we get Mr. Gal to be our arbiter. He would love that. Michael Carroll. Uh, no, because no, he had his acting. He's, he was acting in he's that. So he's, he's not a neutral party. He was acting in it. He was a, he was a character. He was a bad actor is what he was. I know he was he a bad is. actor in more ways than one. Did what Joe just do? Should that be legal? 713-780-ESP. Well, let the tell God, hey, desperation you know, makes show you do of the desperate people. things, Joe. We're That's a show just of the reeks of desperation. The listener will be our arbiter. 713-780-3776. Are we counting that stupid question five when Joe's told us in the past he's never using a producer with unless it's a one-man show? 713-780-3776. Uh, what is Michael Brandt? Time out. Time out. What do you mean? You guys me? asked the question. You said... Is Andrew available? And I said everyone is on no, the table. No, Joe, but you also said none of the fill-ins are available. So it could have been that now becomes a one-man show. Because if it's Beard, the only person that Beard could talk to because you disqualified the who would be Andrew. Well, B-Max on my side. I knew you of were reading. Of course, B-Max reading, on yeah, your side. Of course, side. someone's listening so and he's trying, trying to help he's you. He's trying to, like, option to, three, Johnny, to check it. Every full-time employee is on the table. What is That's option three? Me. That's a person on Twitch. Freaking you Joe's going say, to better... Calling a lawyer? No, like, Joe's on the phone calling a friend, a lawyer. Help me here. Well, what do I argue most, back? Most you literally, you literally said in the past, you can never, you, I will not I use a producer. Rules. You didn't tell us you did. You changed the rules. The you didn't say all the producers are available. You said everybody's available. Cool. Like Everyone all the hosts are available. available. No, you were leading. You were no. leading. You were, no, that was Bush League. Every time we start and you change the rules week after week to try and win, you, it's your prerequisite to let us know right at, at the jump. We'll take. A, I said everyone's available at the, at the jump. You you said everybody's available. Did you say every producer's available? I said Have you said in the past person. that you will not use a producer unless it's a one man show? What am I supposed to do with this game? We're you tell us that and... every producer's available, not everybody's available. It's Seven... Everybody, <laughs> it's not my fault that you don't view us as people, Jeremy. No, 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 every no, no, no. Single time. Well, that is true. That that fact. That's Joe's a good defense point. mechanism every time is this. Not my fault. No, I'm just saying. I told you guys the rules. You didn't ask follow up questions. He's got he's got an ace up his sleeve. He's stacking the deck. This is ridiculous. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Bush league or not, Joe George changing the rules without telling us on that last question. All right, let's uh, let's be incredibly optimistic. Michael Brantley's only been back for two games, but he looks good. He looks good. What does Michael Brantley have to show you the rest of the way? Were you entertained bringing Michael Brantley back in 2024? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. People believe in uh, our side of this, Joe. Yeah. Um, Joe should have been. You have a couple. You have a couple people, but like Alex, Joe George is the bricklayer for building his house on Bad Take Boulevard. Um, they're all telling me to to time you out on Twitch. You can't. That goes back. It's because you're not because you're 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 a coward and you won't mod. That's not me. I thought this time slot got modded. Yeah, I was going to say was two thing. of the three got modded last last go round. Well, maybe that's why I can't mod, mod you because of what they did. Oh boy, touche. <laughs> uh, Gone but not forgotten. A two four are arguing like the show undisputed. SMH so much hate. Skip. Oh, we get, no, we all love each other. One six four two. Just said Joe said take all the uh, L skillers. One zero seven five four questions invalid facts. Invalid questions. All right. Well, next week we'll we'll have. 
B Mac will take B Mac will do it next week. I'll why take is that? A, I'll take a because you don't suspension. want it. That's why. Because you want to you want to get out from doing it because you're tired of taking the. No, L. it's not a suspension. It's not suspension worthy. He's trying to get out of work. Of yeah. course, I'm it's not. Oh, yeah, I'm, not it I'm only going to work twelve to six next it's Thursday not and the, Friday. I mean, it's two hours less than the common man. It's not suspension it's worthy. Three hours more than you. <laughs> you mean you don't know what I do preparation wise? You think I you think I start working at three, Joe? You think that's when I start working is at three p.m.? No. Yeah, I wish. I wish I had the luxury to start working at 3 p.m. That'd be nice. That'd be real nice. I'd love that. Um, what does Michael Brantley have to do? Actually, I want to read this quote real quick from Dusty Baker. Uh, Chandler Rome just tweeted this out. The, the Astros going through their scrum, Dusty scrum. Uh, Dusty was asked on why no Dubon in center field behind Verlander, which, of course, is a regular question you would get because, well, Mauricio Dubon's Justin Verlander's personal center fielder. Uh, Dusty said, I like the matchup with Myers. He didn't play at all in Boston. Everybody plays on my team. Plus, I don't want everybody to think there's a designated this or that. I got my reasons for playing different guys at different times. Interesting, because who's the designated catcher for Framber Valdez? Who's the designated catcher for Justin Verlander? Who's the designated catcher for Christian Javier? Maldi. Maldi, Maldi, Maldi. A little bit out of both sides of the mouth, Dusty. Look, in Dusty, I trust him. In Dusty, I, uh, Flimsy saying, let Dusty cook. Agree. Look, I, I, I like Dusty. Dusty, I trust him. He's done a great job this year. Sometimes he says things that are, that are weird, like saying that he doesn't have designated this or that on teams when he very clearly has designated this and that on, on teams. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I don't know why we hem and haw and go around and around and everybody thinks that, you know, there's some way to figure out Dusty. Dusty's going to Dusty, and we all know it. Dusty's just going to play his favorites. He's going to play his gut. He's going to, and he's not going to back down, and be, and he's not going to feel any pressure from the media or or anybody in the organization. He's going to do whatever he wants to do, and because now he's got the World Series in his back pocket, and he's got the resume, he doesn't have to. Yeah, I don't think it's changed it. I don't think if they if they lost the World Series last year and he's managing the Astros, no, I, I don't think right. it changes one thing one but way. But I, I think it's given him even more confidence to do it. You know, because I think that in this world of baseball and, and analytics is such a big part of it, and, and you've gotten, and especially in a situation where he knows now there is the general manager of the long term, at least that's what you're supposed to believe with, with Dana Brown, and that's when he that, what they believe when he was hired. But I think that the World Series just kind of gave him an extra pat on the back to say, do you be you. Yeah. Um, I don't even mind Myers playing tonight. Uh, Myers hits lefties well. He has good BVP versus Carlos Rodon. Uh, if anybody's not going to be in the lineup based on analytics and numbers today, it would actually be Yonder Diaz because Yonder does not hit lefties well. Chaz McCormick does. Uh, to me, there, there's no problem at all with Jake Myers playing. Uh, you can question why Chaz isn't playing over Yiner, mm-hmm. uh, but to me, that's really the only conversation. Plus, Justin Verlander's a fly ball pitcher, and Jake Myers is your best defensive center fielder. Myers totally makes sense today, uh, but it is funny. I'm a little surprised Dubon's not out there, though, because just, JV's gotten his way. He's gotten his personal I don't center think JV, fielder. I don't know if JV necessarily thinks that he wants Mauricio Dubon. Why else would he be out there, like, out of the blue? It was like... It was like in sync, when we laughed about it, we kidded about it. You think Dubon, because there was no way we thought that Dubon was yeah. going to be a center fielder for JV's first start back. He's been out there for every start of, J, of I think JV's. It's, I think uh, it's more of a return. dusty thing than a, than a JV thing. I think JV was even asked last year in the playoffs because they stopped doing that, and JV's like, yeah, I really don't care. I, I think it's more of a dusty thing, and Dusty gave the answer that he wants a center fielder with an arm when JV's pitching so he can throw out a runner that's trying to go first to third. Take that for whatever it's worth. A lot of guys also don't want to have the finger pointed at them, and they if, if, if Dusty's willing to take that bullet, or JV can just okay. Put yourself in the shoes of JV though. Why Dubon? 
because he's done right for me in the past. And, and pitchers are superstitious, and, and pitchers like who they like the same way they like a catcher. Some guys can feel a certain way about guys behind them. And, and if he has the kind of clout that he has, if he wants to, he can say, I want so-and-so in center field or I want so-and-so here or there. Most times managers aren't going to say, no, nah, I'm not doing that for you. Yeah, but if I'm JV, I want a guy who's a better offensive player and that can catch more fly balls because I'm a fly ball pitcher. He's had some bad line, bad lineups behind him since he's been in a, this return to the Astros, too. Yeah, it's been weird. Uh, Michael Brantley, not in the lineup today, which, whatever. Carlos Radon has really good numbers against Brantley. I don't need to see Brantley every single day, even though Brantley looked good in Boston. As a matter of fact, I want him to sit most times against lefties. I think it's a natural way to... You know, ease him into the into the mix here. I think it's an easy way to keep him fresh. I think it's an easy way to keep him out of a slump. I really don't want Michael Brantley ever to play against left-handed pitching in, 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 until you get to the playoffs. Maybe not even then. Uh, so I have no problem with Brantley not playing. But I want to pose you the question again. Off days, I'm, my mind wanders. I start to think about things whenever you have an off day because there's no baseball game to think about. And Michael Brantley looked good. Michael Brantley looked good in his first uh, couple of games there in Boston. Swung the bat well, hit the ball hard, had the ground rule double, had a couple of RBIs. All looks well for Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. This is the final year of his contract. The Astros, with who they have under contract currently, quite frankly, are going to need a left fielder. You know, if you think Jordan Alvarez is an everyday left fielder, well, you probably need a bat. You probably need, like, a designated hitter as well. What does Michael Brantley have to show you over the final 27 games and hopefully playoffs as well for you to entertain bringing Michael Brantley back? Well, I think there's two folds to this. I, I think, you, first and foremost, he's got to stay healthy. And, and he's got to con- stay consistent, like he to, to, to the start that he's gotten off to. Because quite frankly, I, I thought was, I thought he was going to have to have an adjustment period. I didn't think he was going to do this right out of the shoot. But what he's doing right now has made me actually consider this for next year. If this is indeed on the table or something that they're interested uh, in entertaining, thinking about doing. But I think that it also has to come with a discount. I, I think that at Brantley's age, and for the fact that you essentially paid him more than three quarters of his salary to be a cheerleader that regardless of what he brings back, if, if he truly wants to play and he, li- he he has talked about how much he likes playing here in this culture, this locker room, this situation, and also to have at least some understanding of they basically gave me free money while I thought if I, you know, figured out if I could play again and gave me all the time that I needed, that it, they would have to be kind of a, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. It would have to be at a pretty significant discount, but I I think that that's possible. And if that's the case, then I could entertain him having a final go-around again because of the fact that we didn't see him for all of this season. Todd, the show, the only way I bring him back is if we win the World Series. Flimsy absolutely would not bring Brantley back. I would entertain bringing Michael Brantley back. Yes, health is always the most important thing. If you're not healthy, then, then, then it's always a no. Um, if he continues to, like, if he did what he did at Boston for the rest of the season, if he's in the playoffs and he's looking good, he, he's, he's squaring up pitches, he's barreling up pitches, he's spitting on pitches, he looks good in the outfield, there does not look like he's aging at all. Absolutely, I have interest in bringing back Michael Brantley. That's the first box to me. If he finishes the final 27 games in the playoffs and he looks good, then that's the first box for Michael Brantley, me entertaining, bringing him back. The second box is what you touched on. I'm going to need a discount. 
I'm going to need a Michael Brantley discount because you have been injury prone. I did give you a significant contract last year, and you didn't come back until the final month of the season. You are an older player as well, so you shouldn't be making the high AAV. And it's also going to be on a one-year deal. Like one-year deal plus a team option, whatever. But it's it's a deal where you can get out of it after just one season. You can get out of it after the 2024 season. But in terms of making double figures? I was going to say, what number? Because I was thinking thinking six, seven in that range. maximum. And then I thought, would they give him ten? I would. I would stop at eight. I would stop at eight for Michael Brantley. Like if he just knocks the cover off the baseball, the final twenty-seven, and he looks really, really good. He looks like he's in phenomenal shape. He really by the does. Way. Like he doesn't look like somebody. He looks like he's been working hard to keep his body in shape as well. As slow as he was running the bases, yeah. you can tell if he had to, he could still kick it up a, a notch. I still want to make see him do that in the outfield a little bit, just to see that you know he's capable of doing that when the playoffs roll around and everything's hyped up. Yeah. as more critical, but he does definitely look like he can't. It's not far fetched to think that he's in the shape he was the last time he played baseball for the Astros. Four three, he like he did that walk off interview with Julia the other day. He looked jacked, like he looked jacked, like the best shape that I've seen him in it with the well, Astros. You're getting paid twelve million dollars a year to lift weights. You should be exactly. But a lot of guys in that scenario, they, they get fat and happy, like they're eating, they're they're spending time on the the post game spread. He's not like he he's been working hard. Like you can tell with this body. Like I, I think that that's something that. The, I like that. I like his at-bats. If he looks like this for the final 27, I'm entertaining the idea of bringing him back on a one-year deal that's very team-friendly. Do you? What do you think, listener? 713-780-3776. What does Michael Brantley have to show you the rest of the way for you to consider bringing him back to be your left-field DH with Jordan in 2024? 713-780-3776. Also, I have the plan on how to handle Christian Javier and Yiner Diaz for the final 27 games. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. It's the, uh, that's BMAC's favorite there. Um, Honey Glaze Branham. Well, he changed. This used to be uh, fake BK. What was his? Was his, I think it was fake BK. I don't remember. But he, not, when not Brad, Kellner. not Brad Kellner, not Brad Kellner, not Brad Kellner. Yeah. Since he left, he said he was going to change his name to Honey Glaze Branham, even though he didn't like me. But he said, "Why do I get vibes that Branham is a diva behind the mic? I also get Kevin Spacey vibes with his harassment of one Andrew Carlson Branham. I have long thought you kind of look like and sound like Joe Tessitore. Still with all that." I enjoy your voice on the radio, J Dog. Am I? Uh, you guys tell me. I don't know how I act. Am I a diva behind yeah. the microphone? Do I have Kevin Spacey vibes of harassment? Well, uh, no, I don't think we're going not that, that far. Level. All right, not going that you far. You can be okay. a diva without being Kevin. Spacey. What do I do? That's a, what do I? What are diva tendencies that Branham possesses? <laughs> Look at Joe's face. I, I mean, I, I think the answer is none. So, like, I'm not gonna try to make some up. I'm a little different off the air than I am on the air. I think honestly, one thing that like. I'm surprised it's not been a big diva issue throughout the whole station. Mm-hmm. Maybe I had coffee in like two months. Yeah, I think the time slot though kind of helps us for that. Like I try to stop drinking coffee somewhere around noon. Oh, me so too. it's been a weird change for me because like I'm so used to coffee before the show that sometimes I'm still doing it, but it feels like a mistake. Yeah, yeah. I I, I try to lay off a little bit after noon. I absolutely do. If I have, yeah, if I have like after one thirty, two o'clock, if I have a coffee, I'm screwed. Like trying to go to bed that night. It doesn't bother me like that. To me, it's really? more fog brain. Yeah. I don't have trouble sleeping, yeah, yeah. but I get fog brain for oh, sure. No, no, no. I think the caffeine actually helps sharpen, sharpen. It, it doesn't my for thought me. Process up. And, like afternoon for me. For some reason, the switch clicks around. Then like, I remember AJ and Fred used to like overdose on caffeine, getting ready to do this time yeah. slot. Yeah, I, I can't do that. I've been pounding protein though. Yeah, which is have. which has helped my energy. 150 grams of protein. You think a day. it helps your energy really? I do. Okay. I think it's significant. Huh. I've noticed. I've noticed a huge jump. I think the biggest thing, Joe, is the fact that 
coffee and minor details like that don't bother us when we're when you're true professionals and yeah. you come in and you just realize we're here to do a job yeah, whether I, we have I, fans I, I, or air conditioning or coffee He's we're going to do the same job yeah I, I agree with you he did say station but but you're right we're gamers yeah. you were, hey you want to put us out in 115 degree heat on turf we're there we'll go we want to uh, TVs off, fans off. We're there, anywhere. We're gamers. That's what we do. We we love what we do, and we're gamers, and we're not going to – well, some of us aren't going to gripe about it. 7132, this is funny here, Blankers. Hey, Jeremy Branham of the Killer Bees, <laughs> you stated on your show you like Dusty Baker. The truth is you do not like Dusty. You've been angry that the baseball commissioner assigned Dusty Baker to the Astros. You're mad because the baseball commissioner – your cheating ex-manager. I love this text. One that he addressed me by full name and then title of the show as well. But are you kidding me? <laughs> like, seriously? I mean, who's been the biggest Dusty lover on this show this whole season? And Dusty, I have an In Dusty, I Trusty shirt. You, Yeah, you made a commitment Dusty, I trust after shirt. they won the World Series that Can, you yeah. would, thou shall not hammer Dusty anymore, well, and you've lived up to it. And Dusty, I trust you. I'll be honest, I, I didn't want Dusty Baker to be hired as the manager of the Astros. I didn't mind that Crane moved on from Hinch. I felt like he wanted to wash his hands of the entire situation, which whatever. Uh, that, didn't, that didn't bother me a whole lot. Dusty wasn't my favorite to get the job. Uh, Dusty did irritate me a lot. Uh, but Dusty Baker also proved his worth. Dusty mm-hmm. Baker last year when we were questioning his lineups every single day when he was winning the division by double-digit games, and then he did everything that you're supposed to do in the postseason. Optimal decision after optimal decision. He handled last year's postseason to perfection. He, he, he elevated Abreu over Stanek. Absolute genius decision. Uh, and then Dusty this year has, has managed without Jose Altuve for a good period of time, without Jordan Alvarez for about 40 games. He's lost late. He never had Lance McCullers. Been without Brantley until this month uh, or the final month of the year without Luis Garcia. Dusty Baker's done a tremendous job this year. Did I want him when he, when he was hired? No. Did I question Dusty along the way? Yes. Do I think Dusty's done a great job as an Astros, general, as an Astros manager? 100% yes. It was an improbable selection because even he was surprised and said at my age to get an offer with that kind of money to come back again, of course I'd love to take it. But it went from an improbable selection to impossible to fire after what happened last year. And then when you look at what he's done this year by basically using you know tape and gum and string and everything he could to put together lineups. Now, your team has to perform too. And every button he's pushed has been right because guys that – Based in, a, in certain cases that you never would have expected taking on this kind of a role or being able to do these kind of things, have done it all season long from a variety of different uh, of people and directions and positions from J.P. France's improbable rise to, to stardom in the starting rotation and all he's done to the way Dubon handled the first half of the year when Altuve was out to the way Chaz has handled the majority of the season and been a guy that you actually don't just you know hope he hits when he's in the lineup every now and then, but you've relied on. So it's been a combination of things, but we know that the biggest thing is the locker room can mean something in terms of the day-to-day. I think it's the most important thing. And that's exactly what Dusty handles better than maybe anybody in the league. He, I would agree. Aaron Boone tries to do those kind of things and, and be a player's manager. Dusty's the epitome of the, the locker room's manager. Like, he knows when he does have to have a hard conversation. He knows when he does have to kind of show who's the boss in the room. But for the most part, he handles a locker room better than anybody in baseball. Yeah, yeah well, see, we, we don't see that, so we like don't have conversations about that, but I agree. I think Dusty Baker's one of the best that's done it in the last 20, 30 years of how to handle a clubhouse, and I think that stuff is more important than the batting order every day. Uh, now, I love talking baseball. You yeah. love talking baseball. Yeah. People that listen to us love talking baseball, so we're going to talk about 
Well, it gives you a better chance to win that day. Jake Myers in center, Mauricio Dubon in center field. That's the beauty of the game. That's the beauty of it. We're not going to sit here and just like blindly uh, just agree 100% on every single Dusty Baker decision. Every manager in baseball is going to, you're going to have questions, and that's the fun of the game. It's the fun of talking about baseball. Yeah, but I mean, that's the other thing, too, though. What, what else are we going to talk about? We're not talking Rockets. We're not talking Texans. You know, we know that you I mean, love we talk base- Texans. We do, but I'm just saying, but. For the crux of what we're talking about in this time period of the year, not the time slot, the time period of the year when we're in the in the heat of a pennant race and everything's going baseball. I mean, we love talking baseball because we love the Astros and we love the fact that this team, look, you take this situation, and I'm not saying it's just because of Dusty Baker, but most teams would have already just kind of took one for the, throw the white flag up and said, it's not our year. We're just going to yeah. take our stuff and go home. This team's taking their stuff and now up and at a level to saying the best might still be yet to come because you haven't seen us healthy. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Michael Brantley, what would he have to do for you to be interested in bringing him back? Four three six six, bringing back Brantley in twenty four if he'll play for free since he screwed the Astros out of so much money this year. Why do you care? It's Crane's money. Yeah, it's not your money. It's not even your money. But, but I, I hear I, you. I mean, I get the, I get well, it, but, but, but he also busted his buttons in good shape to make it back. Like, if he was fat and struggling right now, I think that that has way more like weight and carries way but more I water. Say for free, but it's kind of what I was saying. Like, do the solid of giving them a a, a, a discount, a hometown discount, or whatever the a, a hurt man's paid discount, and help them out a little bit too, because they basically paid your way through rehab. They they did. 50-30, if he's cheap, then yeah, bring him back. That's where I'm at. If Brantley is healthy the rest of the way, if Brantley produces 10? well, maybe. Like uh, maybe I'm not I don't hate it. Like yeah. I mean it's it's more expensive to bring in free agents. I haven't really like taken a deep dive at the free agent market. Right. There's some good ones. Like I wonder if Adam Duvall is a free agent. That would excite Ooh. me. Uh Cody Bellinger is a free agent, like, but that's probably expensive. I haven't really taken a deep dive. But if Michael Brantley produces well, you can get him on a one year deal, deal fairly cheap. And he's producing the rest of the season. Absolutely, you overpaid Montero. That. You overpaid Abreu, but you paid him for three years apiece. If you only have to pay, overpay Brantley for a year, but the risk is worth the reward of the fact that when he's healthy, he's he's still hitting the way he's hitting. Mm-hmm. And now, because of the rest of the talent you have in that locker room, you don't have to hit him every day. I think it's a win-win. One five nine two. Brantley would need to win the ALCS MVP in the World Series MVP. That's a high bar. That's not going to happen. That's the, that, we that's call that the, yeah, the that's, Pena that's bar. Not happening. The I'm Pena with, bar. I'm good with Michael Brantley coming back for whatever price, as long as the intent is that he's Corey Jolks. No. Like I don't want. No, no, like no, no, no. they need to find another player to also bring in. Like Michael Brantley, you can't depend on him being in your lineup every day. But you don't have to. I want a hundred games. Why can't yes. why can't he just be a platoon left fielder and you bring in like that's, a that's what I mean like Corey Jolks like someone that like he's just a platoon guy well, he's not I mean, playing all the time you really don't want Jolks in the lineup quite frankly go Cooks like Brantley you, you want, want in Brantley. Your, I want you want Brantley against the righty every single game yeah. and quite frankly you probably already have the platoon option here it's probably Jake Myers like Chaz McCormick's your center fielder yeah. next year Michael Brantley Jordan Alvarez your left field DH against lefties when they need days off then Jake Myers just plays center field you move Chaz to left like it's pretty true you kind of already have it Brantley's just the dude that's that what you I'm saying too the sign. personnel in the locker room allows yeah. you to do what a lot of teams couldn't do especially when trying to sign a free agent outfielder in the corner is just say we can play you basically a little more than a platoon but you can also be a part of a lineup that's probably not going to miss a beat yeah, I, it kind of fits, honestly. He, he's kind of a puzzle piece that fits. Seven one, th- and you don't do it long term. Well, and your young guys look up to him. He can talk to anybody in the room. 
We know he gave the speech in the playoffs last year when he wasn't even playing and capable of playing. Like, it's a fit on so many levels, and especially because it's a one-year deal. I, I like it. I like it. 713-780-3776. We get to the Javi-Yiner plan, the, the plan for playing them now that Javi's struggling and Yiner's a primary backup, to be honest. And also the Will of Bits. See what the Will has in store for us on the final show of the week. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. You know what I'm doing at the end of the week is uh, I'm having a good drink. And I'm ha- whenever I have a good drink, it's uh, it's Gentle Ben. Great pleasure of mine to tell you all about Gentle Ben for a variety of reasons. At the top of that list, look, I- I'm transparent. I believe what I say. And Gentle Ben is the best. The vodka, best in the state. The gin, best in the market. The bourbon, the double platinum winner at the prestigious Ascot Awards. Gentle Ben uses their innovative, revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits that you'll ever taste. Smooth, clean, eliminates the burn. Don't labor through your drink. Enjoy it. Savor it. And you can do that with Gentle Ben. Head to GentleBen.com to learn the incredible story. Head to the Gentle Ben tasting room or stop at your favorite liquor store on the way home. Pick up a bottle today. Ask for it the next time you're at your favorite bar or restaurant as well. If you're headed to an Astros game, maybe tonight, stop by the Gentle Ben bar. In fact, Gentle Ben gave away some tickets to go watch the Astros-Yankees. How about that? Gentle Ben gave away tickets to watch Astros-Yankees with JV on the mound. But stop by the Gentle Ben bar on your way in when you walk in the Union Station entrance. Gentle Ben, you'll love what's not in it. It is JV Day. Justin Verlander on the mound for the Strohs. The lineup with JV. We, we, let's just book in the show with the Astros lineup. Altuve, Bregman, Jordan, Tucker, Abreu, Yiner, Pena, Myers, Maldonado. Had a texture just a second ago. We brought back Brantley and we're still working with uh, Jake Myers. Look, Myers has a place on this team. Myers should start a lot of times against lefties. Look at Myers' numbers against lefties. Myers, homer off Rodon earlier this year. Don't forget that double dong game he had at Yankee Stadium. And he's your best defensive center fielder. A fly ball pitcher. Like, Myers has a place on this team. Should he be starting every day? No. Spot start against lefties? Yes. Late inning substitution against, you know, when you have a lead, defensive substitution? Yeah. Jake Myers has a place on the Houston Astros. Uh, We'll see what JV can do. Uh, Justin Verlander against Carlos Rodon. The pitching matchup, game one of the three-game series. Verlander, 10-6, 306 ERA. Rodon's been t- terrible. 1-4 with an ERA just under six after he signed that big contract it's with the good. Yankees. Cashman, man, I saw something today where the Yankees are like, they're thinking about bringing in a third party to handle or at least, I guess, what would we call it? Um, Babysit. Babysit's a good word for it. I was thinking more of a professional term. Advise. Advise them on their analytics. What do you like if you do have a general manager that needs advisement on analytics? You have a problem. You have a you have a big problem. You have a major issue. Uh I like this lineup. The only issues like why isn't Chaz McCormick playing against a lefty? He crushes lefties. Quite frankly, I would have Chaz in the lineup today, not Yiner and, and big Yiner truther. Which brings us, uh, Joe. I have a plan for Yiner Diaz and Christian Javier the rest of the way. Yiner Diaz is your backup catcher. He's your backup first baseman. He's your backup DH, right? He's not the primary guy at any spot. Yiner's probably going to catch Hunter Brown and J.P. France every turn through the rotation, so he's playing. He's starting two of every five games, two of every six games. I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of run at first base, right? Like, seems like Dusty's pretty loyal to Jose Abreu. Like, maybe he starts one game a week over at first base. That might even be a little far-fetched. And then you'll have nights like tonight where against a lefty, he might DH once or twice a week. So we're assuming that he starts maybe four four games a week, which isn't terrible. That's fine. Like, that's okay. But one thing that I want to see, when Yiner Diaz is on the bench, and I'm a little disappointed they didn't call up uh, Salazar today as opposed to uh, Greg Kessinger, which I understand why they did it. They need some infielders. I would like to see Dusty Baker 
aggressively use Yiner Diaz off the bench on days that he's that he's not catching. I understand that Martin. I I've conceded this a long time ago. Martin Maldonado is the catcher with Fromber, with JV, with Javier. Does he need to continue being the catcher after those guys are pulled out of the game? I don't think so. I mean, I know at one point we went through the bullpen numbers. Yeah. And I'm not sure how they've changed. They were, they were like iffy. They were like 50-50. Yeah. Depending on the guy. Now, I don't need this to happen whenever the Astros are leading. Like, I don't need Yanner Diaz to pinch hit for Martin Maldonado in the sixth inning when you're winning 8-2. to two. But you have a situation. Let's say it's the sixth inning. Christian Javier's already out of the game. You have the bases loaded one out. Martin Maldonado spots coming up. You need to aggressively use Yanner Diaz there. Don't just wait and have him in the eighth inning, ninth inning if you need him. The moment that one of Maldonado's guys, starting pitchers, is pulled out of the game, the very next at bat that you're trailing and it's in a high leverage, critical spot, you need to use Yonder Diaz right then. I don't care if it's the sixth inning. Use him right then. Make him your catcher the rest of the way. I'm very good with that. I would okay. like to see, especially if they brought the third catcher up, it would be even more interesting because of things you could do with Diaz and Maldi in the lineup. But I, it just feels like Dusty doesn't put him in in clutch situations either. And I, I would like to see that change. He's pretty much only used him eighth or ninth inning. Yeah. Like off the bench pinch hitter, only eighth or ninth. But if your bases are loaded with one out, Bring him in. you're trailing by two runs. Justin Verlander's already been chased from the game. Like That's a spot where let's aggressively use Yiner Diaz. And then Yiner gets two at-bats. Maldi got two at-bats. And it's kind of like, okay, best of both worlds. Maldi's can, catching his starters. Yiner's getting the at-bats. And you can even sell me on that. If, it's, if that situation were to occur and a lefty's on the mound, you leave Maldi in. Yeah. Like, you can situational you can sell me on that. Yeah, I could I could concede that too. Like if like you tell me that's lefties. the plan, yeah. If you tell me that this is the plan, we're going to aggressively use Yiner off the bench, but if it's a lefty on the mound, then we're going to roll with Maldonado. Okay? I can understand that. Here's my plan with Christian Javier. And, and TK kind of talked about this a, a little bit earlier. He says time is clicking on Christian Javier. Jose Arquiti is available out of the bullpen this week, and TK, when he joined us earlier, said that it's probably going to be holding him back Sunday, like kind of a piggyback Javier, get in trouble early, use Jose Arquiti for Javier. You can't take Javier out of the rotation, I don't feel, in the regular season. Like, there's 27 to play. Christian Javier is too good that if you figure him out, he's a massive weapon for your pitching staff come postseason. So I agree that you have to continue to trot out Christian Javier there once every six day. Uh, is it fine to give him some extra rest here and there? Yes, absolutely. I'm totally fine with Javier staying in this rotation, though. Now, playoffs is a different story. If Javier is still pitching like this when the playoffs are starting, then Christian Javier is not going to get any leverage innings for me whatsoever. But I'm okay with him starting in the rotation now. Now, the Astros called up two players today, Kessinger 1, Joel Cunell, however you say his last name, another. So you have an extra arm in the bullpen. I'm fine with Javier staying in the rotation, but if you have to pull Christian Javier in the second or third inning because the wheels are falling off the bus, you do it. You do it. You have a much quicker trigger with Christian Javier because of his recent pitching, because you added an extra pitcher to the pitching staff today. I think that's how you handle Javier. Fine, you can have your starts the rest of the way. But we're going to have a really quick trigger on you because these games matter. 27 to play. You, you In a virtual tie with Seattle, you're fighting for a playoff spot. I think that's how you handle Christian Javier the rest of the way. I like it. I just The only thing I would counter with is if, if he's not going to be in your rotation for the playoffs, maybe at some point you put him in the rotation now and see if you can. You mean bullpen? In the bullpen, yeah. If you can put him in the bullpen now and, and just see if he can ramp up that fastball 
and only have to get three outs and just see what you got out of him. The problem I have with that, though, is I don't trust him in those spots. Because usually out of the bullpen, you're like, okay, this is kind of a leverage spot. Like, you're up two runs in the fifth, up two runs in the sixth inning. Like, he has implosion written all over him. I, don't, I, I quite frankly don't like him in that spot. I know he's done it in the past. But he's also somebody that takes a long time to warm up. Like, I don't think it's a great fit for him, especially when he's pitching poor. Like, I, I, I think it's a worse spot for him when he's pitching poor. And honestly, I think we're just at the point where like he's probably not going to be part of the playoff roster. Yeah, I could see. Which I could is, see like, it. Baffling. I could see the DS. I couldn't see the CS or the the World Series. But it's but like maybe. if Rakiti, if they keep him in this role and he consistently performs out of the bullpen, then you have your four starters and you have Rakiti in the bullpen. And I just don't know why you're wasting a roster spot on Christian Javier. Like I thought. I mean, Arquiti was a waste last year. He pitched in one postseason. Well, game. I mean, you still want the assurance there. It's not like Jose Arquiti right. was taking the roster spot of somebody else that you were going to use. That's true. So, like, Javier is the 13th pitcher. Like, it's fine. If you only keep 12, then he's probably the odd man out. If yeah. He's, if his form is the way his current form is. All right, let's get to Wheel of Bits real quick. What we got today, Joe George? It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits. Kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time for start, sit, cut. Here's Joe and Jeremy and Joe. Mm. I thought I thought S2D2 got fired. Uh, just for yesterday. Oh, it was temporary. Yeah, I was busy. Yeah. More of a suspension. Of suspension. All right, start, sit, cut. Is yeah, what we're he talking said? about expansion. I'm going to make you the commissioner of the SEC. Which it should be. Uh, the ACC is, gonna, is starting to implode. Okay. Start, sit, cut. Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida State. Okay. The starter gets full money. The bench is joining your conference for 50% of the money, and cut just doesn't make it. Well, I hate Notre Dame. I hate Notre Dame, but I'm probably – I'm going to go a little outside the box here. I'm going to start Clemson. Clemson, to me, makes the most sense. Like, you're kind of adding a different market. You're adding – I mean, well, not really because you have South Carolina. But you're adding a nice rival with South Carolina that they're, they're – they're the most competitive team of this mix. They're, might, they're probably not the biggest brand. Like Notre Dame's a bigger brand. Florida State maybe similar because Clemson's, like Clemson's been on the kind of come up lately. It depends on I guess when this happens, but yeah. Notre Dame's a bigger brand than Clemson. I think Clemson much better football program. Clemson and Florida State maybe similar brands. Florida State certainly has history. Clemson's been a better program for the last ten years. I'm going to start Clemson. I'm actually going to. Nah, screw it. I hate Notre Dame. I'm going to bench Florida State. You get a nice little rivalry there in conference with Florida State, Florida. You continue to dominate the SEC now that the SEC's scared. I just don't like Notre Dame. And if Notre, honestly, I'm looking out for Notre Dame here too. You put Notre Dame in the SEC, they're not going to go to a bowl any any ever. Like they're going to be five and seven, four and eight, and the you know this this once powerhouse blue blood pedigree program is going to be an afterthought. Yeah, as a Notre Dame fan, I, I I'd cut them too because I'd rather be in the Big Ten. That surprises me. Yeah. I don't want to be in the SEC. Come on, I don't. I feel like they could be in the Big Ten if they wanted to, right? I think they will be eventually. I just don't. I think they they believe in being independent. I think and we'll see how this new deal goes with NBC. It's weird that Notre Dame has a vote for the ACC, by the way. They voted on conference realignment today. Unbelievable. It's so weird. I get all the other sports, but like your football team's not yeah. part of it. You shouldn't have a vote. Notre Dame was voting on it, and they voted four. I mean, they voted four. The only three that didn't were Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina. All right, does it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He was Blankers on Branham. We'll talk to you next week, Houston. Late hits and Patrick Creighton next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.